Hello! Welcome to Future Chat. <laughs> Please continue. I, I forgot what you say <laughs> after that. Each week, Rob, Mike, and I join together and talk about actual science and cell phones. <laughs> this week, we have a special Elon Musk corner. We've hit a criti crit critical mass of Musk stories, making it the Critical Musk Corner. Rob, why don't you take it away? Well, I mean, I want to say, first of all, all that's going to get cut because oh, man. we decided we probably weren't going to talk about Musk, but maybe we will. But there's always there's always some time. Um, this is another episode of Future Chat. Last week, I asked Nick if he wanted to become a full co-host instead of senior contributor. He's like, no, I, I'd rather just fake jump in and steal announcer from the beginning of the show next week. I feel like the highest level of contributor is a host's duties yeah i think and so now i'm just i'm living it up i'm living mm -hmm. the dream i thought you were actually kind of trying to segue into the first story which is about other things in this case robots taking jobs and i thought you were trying to steal my job um but i am curious no, i'm what, a human your for your story that you pick often doesn't come up first but i'm we have no follow-up so i want to talk about automation first I, I want it to be known that this is the second week in a row we've done next story first I think that's a uh, I think that's a record. Yeah, he's more relevant than usual. Ermagerd. <laughs> so I'm well. How do you pronounce the name Kirk Kirk's Kirkusat Kirkusats? Yeah, I heard him say it on the video, and I was mm -hmm. like, "Oh, that's pretty straightforward." I don't know why I had a problem with it. And then as soon as he's not the one saying it, I'm like, Kirk Kirk Kirk. I mean, I think that's the reason they rebranded it to In a Nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> no so but, yeah my story this week was actually a bit of east meets west corner and okay. i was referring specifically to um the fact that the government of canada is increasing funding for its military reaching to 1.5 percent of gdp which still falls short of the two percent nato targets that we're supposed to be doing and everyone's supposed to be doing but nobody actually does except for the united states right um but part of that announcement was that there would be significant investment made into drone technology. And rather than our jobs, I guess drones will be stealing the jobs of our men and women in uniform. Right, which seems like a good thing, I would have to say. Well, I wanted to bring it up here because many people don't think it's a good idea, but... I mean, there are good and bad. I, overall, I would think like my choice would be not like solving conflicts with nonviolence, but all you need, like every time I think about this, I think, okay, like peace is the ultimate option, but then what happens if you get attacked? Like you, and they want to use force. You can't, you can't agree to like a virtual chess match where it's drones versus drones. And then like you decide ahead of time to concede when all your drones are defeated. But then what if they just, what if you, defeat the other army but then they keep coming at you with regular people like you can't it only works until somebody escalates well and if we were going to have a hypothetical war i'm pretty sure the challenge that canada would lay would always be a hockey match <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say a giant battlefield two tournament but <laughs> just nationalize our our hockey heroes just hey sid connor like we we need you we we got to get you up here i feel like that happened during the cold war wasn't that like the 70s and mostly the 70s? Wasn't hockey like the way that Canada fought world powers? Yep. 
it was like a proxy war basically 72 super series yeah yeah i mean we also helped out some hostages sure and then got credit stolen by ben affleck yeah classic affleck taking artistic license in a movie (laughs) where does he get off it's all fine until he starts he should know that that's going to be cited as like a primary source yeah well it is people are going to mistake that for a documentary Mm -hmm. so on the automation like what what was this story like i noticed you didn't actually post a link in our notes what (laughs) true i don't even know what we're talking about still yeah exactly (laughs) but i told you we're talking about the canadian military using drones what about it like is there is there an actual story or is this something we're talking about Yes, it's a story. I want to hear your thoughts because story? a lot of people have eth- ethical quandaries about the use of drones in warfare. Okay, so you mm. mentioned the 1.5% military spending, and is that increase coming from implementing drones in warfare? Part of it is coming from that. Another part, well, I think another part of it is that through their accounting, they're actually starting to count Uh, veteran pensions towards uh, military funding which I have no problem with because a part of military expenditure is paying the people that are doing the fighting for you Yeah, but I mean you gotta pay them a pension too because that's how that works is everyone else including that though because that's just gonna raise everyone at Uh, that point I'm not sure they are and if you ask Canada's opposition parties they don't think it should be counted. Well, the conservatives don't think it should be counted. Hmm. So, Nick, this was part of the big announcement that I heard about, but then didn't actually hear. Like, I heard it was coming, but didn't actually hear it. This was what they announced the new, like, defense budget or defense plan, right? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. So, in theory, we could go and find, like, more details about the plan. I am posting a link as somewhere. we speak. Okay. Okay. So if we're talking about robots taking our gerbs, then... Uh, taking her jabs. <laughs> Is that how you pronounce that? Ja- jabs? They're taking her jabs. Like with any situation where robots are taking our jobs, they're generally taking the frontline positions, leaving people to handle the more analytical, technical, what have you positions. And I think that's a good thing in any case especially when it comes to warfare like you don't want people doing the fighting or the surveillance if you don't need to whereas if you can just send a drone out and have people remotely monitoring the operations and that kind of thing then that's kind of a best case scenario Mm -hmm. that's honest like honestly part of the reason i wanted to talk about it on future chat was that we talk a lot about automation taking your jabs and so I, I see this as just a natural progression, although there are a lot of ethicists who would say it's not acceptable to be inflicting a mortal peril or a mortal risk upon your enemy without taking that risk on yourself. Hmm. Although yeah. perhaps I should have brought an ethicist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I keep thinking like even if you have the problem with a proxy war, which is essentially what like a war between drone, like if we're talking about sending drones overseas or wherever to fight our battles for us and to like, there's, there's a whole big thing about um, the U S government authorizing drone strikes on people. 
Yeah. And that's very different from like kind of a future technology war where you have drones fighting other drones or robots fighting other robots. Because I just, I imagine it like in like the, the old TV show Robot Wars where people would build <laughs> robots and like have them fight one another. I, I imagine people solving a dispute that way, like a personal dispute. <laughs> they fight. just have one of those at the UN. <laughs> yeah, like they send in their robot. But what happens if the robot gets like if your robot gets destroyed but you're still upset with that person like what obviously your next step is going to be to f try to physically get in a in a discussion or battle with them i just it only works like i said before as as long as everyone plays by those rules like do we have a new robot geneva convention where you are not allowed to physically assault another person you can only do robot on robot warfare like how that that seems like the bigger ethical problem with it because we've had war for as long as we've had people hmm. and i will i will pause briefly here to say i don't think this does qualify as a proxy war because a proxy war is an actual thing well it, it is but it kind it, it's the same idea except the proxies are not different countries you're allied with or it's just a They're different robots. army that isn't human like i think it still fits under the definition of a proxy i don't think war, it's a proxy war though because uh it rather than having a proxy, the proxy being another country, the drones are your direct military well, I agree. intervention. It's not exactly the same, but it it's the same idea. The way I'm picturing it, I don't I don't understand why we're not just treating these drone implementations as just another weapon. Like it's not like these drones have AI where they're determining what targets to take or what things to seek out. Like they're still being directly controlled. By people, there's no element of self-awareness. But there's no sacrifice. But it's but it's no different than firing a missile, right? In in a way, I think completely. It's a really good way of framing it, in my opinion, because I agree with you. But uh, yeah, I I think that in the early years, I'm, I just saw Wonder Woman last week, so I'm thinking like World War One. You'd have artillery shells that you'd like. You have a projectile that, as soon as it leaves your cannon or whatever it is. It's going to like physics is going to direct where it goes. But the missiles we have now they're they are intelligent. They yeah, do, exactly. They, right. They are piloted in the same right. way. And so I think those fall for me, at least those fall into the same category as drones. Right. But that's that's not that's and that's my whole point is that yeah. we, we didn't consider those like, oh, this is like an ethical issue. We're fighting robots versus robots. It's like it's just another weapon. Mm -hmm. Have we watched have we all watched John Oliver's segment on drones? Yes, but a long time ago. Okay. He was very firmly anti-drone. Yeah. I'm I I would also put myself in that camp. I think they fall I think they fall into the same category as missiles where I don't like the idea of intelligent missiles that can that decide on their target or like aim themselves towards the target after. Like I'm also like very much a pacifist, so maybe that's just it's just part of that, but um I don't like the idea of physical altercations. Like I'd rather I would rather settle a dispute like I don't have any strongly held enough beliefs to fight a war over. Now see here, you just come over, we'll have ourselves some beer, we'll we'll order some pizza and you know we'll talk this out, eh? <laughs> I guess. Like I I do Can understand Canadian embassies everywhere and then like you're talking to ISIS and they're like, "Yeah, we don't drink beer, or eat the yeah, pork that's... you're going to put on a pizza." And you're like, Oh boy, this is rough. <laughs> what do you drink? We drink coffee and tea. Oh no. Oh, I don't drink coffee or tea. 
oh, this is a real diplomatic conundrum here we got. The, yeah, the the problem that I, I do see with that is that I see the defense side of things. You have to kind of like if you if people are attacking either your personal space or your personal freedoms, you the reason for war is generally one side comes to the defense. Like one side's on the attack, but the other side is just defending what they believe in. And yeah. that's that's the hardest part of trying to balance this out in my mind is is being like, what what would I fight for? And like, as you mature and grow older and have more things that you would risk your life for, that becomes an easier calculation to say, okay, well, this is what I would fight for. Now I will, I will say, um, I would rather have drone strikes because they're fair. Like, I mean, obvious exceptions, but they're fairly surgical because you have, like a very powerful camera mm. and comparatively small scale missiles as i understand it i would much rather have drone strikes than talk about the potential for nukes yeah oh like mounted if, to an intercontinental ballistic missile yeah if those are the two options i would definitely agree with you well because i mean if we were talking the cold war i mean it was a nuke you're just gonna kind of heave it across yeah the, a couple continental divides and wipe out a large area whereas yeah. i mean drones don't have that destructive capacity but well they do i would argue they're roughly you could get a lot more appropriate damage done i'm not sure that i agree with that because the way modern even modern just regular passenger aircraft are basically drones once they're in the air like they're on autopilot most of the time uh so the way i'll frame this is i'm almost certain that during the cold war the soviets would have had a nuke aimed at edmonton because right i'm sure they did um more because they had a nuke aimed at petrolia and if they've got one aimed at petrolia i'm pretty sure they have one aimed at a much bigger version of that right but were a nuke to go off near refinery way here i'm not sure i'd make it right but if a drone strike hit refinery way i could see that infrastructure being eliminated but i could also see me living yes i just i I don't know that i necessarily think is the goal for you to live like, is it goal for you to survive the actual impact of uh, whatever missile? No, like, I think this is part of the Geneva Convention. Uh, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed, you're not to, supposed to aim it. Yeah, you're not supposed to target civilians. Yeah, but it's considered acceptable that you would take out something that's relevant to the military. Yeah, or a military effort. Mm-hmm. In which case, a refinery. Yeah, absolutely, because that helps fuel all the vehicles. Right. And I mean, I think munitions factories were also considered a fair target. Mm-hmm. This is all during, like, this wouldn't make any sense now. It would be like in an actual, when a war has been declared. I well, I mean, this is also in the context of a total war. Yeah, exactly. The bigger ones that we fought. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we haven't had a total war since the Second World War. Right. But the idea being you could more appropriately eliminate opposing infrastructure with a drone rather than a nuke Mm -hmm. i mean a nuke you're gonna stir up all kinds of problems but you're also a monster then yeah 
We've had long-range missiles for a while, though, that do the same thing. Are they as accurate? Uh, I don't. I don't know if those. Like, I guess it depends if they're satellite guided. Then yeah, but if they're not, then hmm. obviously not. Have either of you seen Guardians of the Galaxy two? No. I saw the first one recently. No, I don't think I've seen the second one. There's a. I won't. I'm not going to spoil anything. But one of the groups in that uh, movie, like one of the groups they fight against, is basically a drone like their only army is drone ships and so each of them pilot like each of the people pilot a particular ship and they really kind of because in the context of an actual battle and every time one of their ships gets blown up it's more like losing a video game there's like oh no i I like basically oh i lost i lost the ship like i lost and that's how it kind of comes across like you don't there's no actual real world consequences for the person if they lose like in the context of a battle losing a ship if you're not actually in it is just like oh darn i'll go launch it like pilot up another one and go in it's very different to me from an actual battle where there's consequences if you are destroyed so I, I I lump long range any any missile that is piloted whether intelligently by a machine or intelligently by a person as being very different from actual kind of person to person combat. And that would be the ethical quandary behind yeah. increased drone usage, right? And that's that's the part I don't like because it's a whole other thing. If especially what depending on what your target is, if your target is another like battle drone or droid or whatever it is then it's very different from your target no matter whether they are civilian or military like if you're aiming at a person versus aiming at a robot or a piece of infrastructure that has no people in it for instance Hmm. so but i think if you operate on the pretense that this war and these battles are going to happen regardless so Hmm. if it's not a drone there's going to be a person right like would you rather have well, that yeah. person's life be saved like well exactly i, I, I know yeah. i know he's under the pretense of well i'd rather the war not happen yeah, or rather exactly. just these battles not take place it's like yeah, yeah of course that's it's a hard decision right yeah but when it comes down to like okay well it's either gonna be a drone or 10 people because a drone maybe has the firepower of 10 people yeah what would you what would you prefer right mm-hmm. yeah and so yeah i i'm well aware that it's not as simple as like don't fight a war because it's often not your choice yeah. But yeah, the drone thing, I don't, I don't like it because it does seem, it seems like one side usually in that kind of, at least so far in our history, one side has had that ability and the other side hasn't. It's been an unequal power distribution. Like I think I love the idea of not having to sacrifice Canadian lives in order to fight a battle, but you have to kind of also picture what if the other side you're fighting against is targeting us with the same technology that we're using to target them. Like I would not want the ability for any opponent of mine to be able to target me. Right. I know that I'm not doing anything wrong, but that like, they don't necessarily know that I I can't know for sure that they're not targeting me. Right. I'm I'm imagining if you asked Londoners who lived through the blitz, they'd have strong opinions. Right. Right. Well, yeah, with that, the doodle bugs. Hmm. That's actually an interesting perspective. Like you don't normally consider that. Like if you're pro war or anti war or whatever, you're taking it from a perspective of being a passive third part, not even third party, just bystander. 
like mm. to the war, like a spectator in some sense, right? Mm. And be like, oh yeah, you know, it's fighting a good fight. There's a purpose for it. It's whatever. But that when you're experiencing that collateral damage, the same way that people in Syria are, the same way people in Turkey are, like whatever, mm. then you might have a different view on the relative benefits of having a war happen. Yeah. Uh, and then once you start putting technology into it, like it's one thing to yeah have you know the risk of soldiers coming and intervening whatever but just have drones flying over and doing whatever at like a moment's notice like yeah it's a very different thing yeah and that would be pretty terrifying just yeah yeah so that's that's what i every time i kind of go to this thought that's what i think about is what how would i feel if that was happening to me and it just like that's where i form my let's just not have a war perspective. Cause I can't imagine living under that kind of constant fear. This, yeah. this has yeah. been the most serious future chat episode to date. <laughs> I just got to say, so that's a, it's a pretty serious topic. Yeah. So I, yeah, every time I hear about increased military spending, I just, it's all great for defense and making yourself powerful enough that nobody wants to attack you. But you're basically opening up the possibility that a superpower or another power will become strong enough that they will still want to attack you. And then all of a sudden you have just escalation like we had in the Cold War. And fortunately, we were able to walk that back. Well, the objective isn't necessarily it's not necessarily deterrent. It's just um, like having that. Oh, what's it called? Hard something power rather than just soft power. Right. Like. I mean, you know, diplomacy is nice and talking about things is nice, but sometimes that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And so that's the argument for the military spending has been, well, clearly the States is stepping aside with a lot of the global leadership on the issue. And so we need to be able to step up. There's also been speculation that uh, the Canadian government is trying to curry favor with the American government by saying, oh, look, we're going to spend a whole lot more on on our military as Mm. per your request. Yeah. Which is another whole interesting angle to look at this from. Yeah. From which uh, to look at this. (laughs) I really hate that argument because it kind of seems like everything that the U.S. administration does is under several levels of smokescreen and deception. And so you hear about countries not paying their way in a treaty, and it's like that's not how this treaty was set up. It seems like everything they're doing is from a fundamental misunderstanding of what the treaty actually does. Now, regarding like the fact that the American government seems to be operating under several smokescreens, is that necessarily true if you have a Joker-like person at the helm and they're just inherently unpredictable? Is that a smokescreen or is that just the Monte Carlo method of governance? Well, yeah. So it's kind of, in my mind, it's kind of both because it definitely does seem like there's a Joker-esque quality to the decision-making process. But then you start hearing that maybe the Joker had these bigger ideals in mind. Like I'm talking about the Dark Knight movie. Like yeah. there was actually... things going on beneath the that initial layer of just seeming chaos that might actually be thought out like there there are there are political powers outside of the executive branch that are trying to make things happen and they're letting him go off and do whatever he's going to do because they're working on their their own agenda (laughs) there 
the the thing that I don't really understand and like it's why I can't take anything any of them any of the American politicians right now seriously is that they're so they're being so brazen about being dishonest like the the example that comes to mind the the president of the United States tweets a typo and then like accidentally hits send partway through a tweet and we spend literally a week talking about it the and the press secretary's official response is that not oh that was a typo like it obviously was but he was like oh no people know what that meant a certain like you didn't know what it meant but people knew what it meant it's like no that's it's such ridiculous like it's such a made-up thing why can't they just admit that he made a typo it's he's misspelled things many many times before he's not like no no no. that's an alternate spelling of the word it, it's just bizarre and so that's why i think there is that layer but there are other people in the government who are like very glad to have this kind of honestly like clown in charge so that they can kind of do what they do under the shadow of this giant distraction uh, this this whole thing like it really it's really just a reflection of our time and i yeah i have a lot of things that i want to write and say about it but it's it's probably too heavy for this show fair enough but despite the negative press yeah coffee was pretty good this morning <laughs> is that what he was trying to say <laughs> no i honestly think he was trying to type conference just with very meaty potentially drunk fingers mm-hmm. well I, apparently and i i honestly believe this apparently he hasn't had alcohol in like decades hmm. one of his very close i forget if it was his brother one of his very close family members died of um like alcohol related i forget what it was if it was um like drunk driving or if it was something like that but uh he has famously been like completely stayed away from alcohol no oh. So he, which he makes gro- it so honestly very... is like even more concerning. I was gonna say I was like he gropes women completely sober then, like yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that makes it worse in my mind. <laughs> yes. So yeah, it, I don't know. We can we can probably wrap up this conversation on drone warfare because well, an automation, but sure. I don't know it, this whole like the whole several levels of deception going on in politics is really weird to me sometimes i just uh, you guys saw the the gif of jeremy corbyn high-fiving his fellow politicians chest right after their did it actually hit the chest it not. looked like he was in front like no it it like reverberated off i did it oh. i've seen some pretty high resolution ones he goes <laughs> he goes in for a high five it looks like she it looks like he wanted to do a high five she did the finger guns at him and then instead of high-fiving she put her hand down and he just high-fived and like straight into her chest it was pretty funny. i have not seen this uh i the coverage of it i think if this has happened if this had happened in the united states there'd be like criminal proceedings against him already but in the uk it seems much more lighthearted. like there's like it happens like this was obviously not like sexual harassment or anything yeah. but like i even elbow gate i remember back in uh oh right what was it last year with trudeau yeah it's like sometimes yeah. these things just happen it's not always doesn't need to always be this big thing it's just kind of like a funny joke did you see the one like there's an associated gif of uh i think it was bernie sanders handshaking <laughs> Sorry, I just watched it. Bernie Sanders handshaking Snoop Dogg, I think it was. That's not what you meant to do at all. No. 
What the Snoop Dogg thing? That was it. Wasn't like a botched handshake. It was like no. A perfect that's what I'm saying. Right? It was the opposite. Yeah. Right? It was the opposite. It's like transi- smooth transition from handshake, handshake, Snoop yeah. Dogg handshake, 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 handshake. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. When you say Snoop Dogg handshake, it wasn't that he was shaking hands with Snoop Dogg, was it? I thought. It, I thought it was. Oh, I don't. I I don't remember the the exact thing. I remember him like. People have like you see with athletes mostly like in baseball and basketball where they have these like really elaborate handshakes. Yeah, and yeah, he's just like he knows how to shake hands with whoever he's shaking hands <laughs> with. Donald Trump does not. No, he just yanks your arm out of its socket. <laughs> did you did you see that the French Prime Minister was apparently briefed on how to shake hands? And yeah, there's there's that picture floating around too. Yeah. Man, Jeremy Corbyn, that high five did go terribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, I encourage if if you haven't seen it, uh, listeners, I'll I'll find it or maybe Nick can post the link if he has one at the ready because it's it's honestly hilarious. <laughs> you heard my reaction. <laughs> uh, okay, so anything else to say on on drones or automation stealing our military jobs? How do you feel generally? about a large increase in defense spending i mean i think large is relative i don't if for instance if you're the united states and you have the like what is it their military budget is larger than the next 10 countries combined or something like something like that i think that's insane i don't think that that needs to be a thing but if we're talking about like a lot of money relatively but not actually a lot of a large percentage of the budget i think it's okay um i don't know i i wouldn't a lot be of doing people it. a lot of people are upset that this does not include an f-35 replacement right but if it includes drone replacements for planes is that like is that better like do we need actual fighter jets that have people in them if we have drones i have no idea yeah i don't like not being an expert at all in the field i'm right <laughs> I, it's more of like a that was my goal. first thought but i'm like can you like intercept drones if you have right a fighter jet yeah i i understand wanting to fulfill the requirements or the the assertions of nato in terms of the amount of military spending i guess defense but because it's not military spending it's defense spending I, i've always thought that that distinction is rather weak but um, I wouldn't be doing it in response to pressure from the United States. I would think we'd want to do it because it's the right thing to do. Um, but if we're, if like, I don't think it's, it's not a hard, fast rule. It's not like 2% minimum. It's like do 2% of GDP spending. And so if you're even close, if you're close to it, it's not that you're failing. It's that you're, it's like close enough. Hmm. That's how I feel like go for it. But make sure it's actually like make sure you're not just spending it on defense for the sake of defense like in the u.s they build tanks and stuff just for the jobs and then they just set it aside afterwards they actually cannot use it it's like well we've already got the contracts for it i don't care if you can use it we're going to build it and like this money is already in the budget Hmm. what about you mike i as far as drones go it again it seems like it's a it's a no lose situation like these wars are going to be fought anyway so if you can replace people with with machines and that's better uh you know collateral damage and severity of damage whatever aside it's more just a drone doing the fighting instead of a person is always good 
when you're talking about that kind of trade-off. Hmm. Uh, increased defense spending. I don't know if it's one of those one of those things where it's like, well, you know, we're not being attacked, so maybe we don't need the defense spending. But it's like maybe we're not being attacked because we are spending money on defense. Like, mm. right? It's like the whole. I also have a rock like that'll the, keep tigers yeah. away. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's it's like it's like the the vaccination argument, right? Where people are like, oh, well, you know, I never get sick, so why do I need vaccines or whatever? It's like, yeah, well, you're not getting sick because people take vaccines, like, yeah. <laughs> right? Or it's like, oh, well, there's no polio anymore. Why do you need a polio vaccine? It's like uh, because people are getting vaccinated. That's why we don't have polio. Yeah, we <laughs> so, cured polio because we had a vaccine for it. So again, it's, it's one of those things where like maybe the defense spending is necessary to a certain point. And again, like Rob was saying, up to a certain point and anything beyond that maybe is a bit extraneous. But uh, for for us, like if if a certain level of spending allows us to have the sovereignty and freedom that we do currently have then i guess i'm for it it's kind of like a necessary part of running a country i guess is is having some level defense Hmm. yeah but and again i guess you just hope that you never need it right but and i guess like the defense does contribute to canadian happenings like they'll come as you know aid like for disaster aid Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing right so it's not like they're just there like aiming their guns out towards the ocean waiting for people to come like yeah so that that spending isn't being wasted right at least not all of it i'm sure some of (laughs) it is but well that's true of anything yeah ideally it's being spent and then ready when needed hopefully it's not being completely wasted yeah so uh do we want to change gears completely mike you have some stuff here to talk about uh to say about telus and television (laughs) i don't know this is seems kind of old like the story but i don't think we ever actually talked about it or somehow missed it uh but telus has come out with a tv box it's it's literally an android tv that has a i think a custom skin on it and it allows you to subscribe to basic like the 23 basic cable channels and uh allows you to pick five additional bonus channels, I guess, like mm-hmm. specialty channels probably for 20 bucks a month. And so as long as you have this box hooked up to a TV or computer, or whatever, you can use this app that Telus has that allows you to, to stream this live TV. So this isn't like on demand or, uh, or cataloged shows. This is like live channels. Right. So it essentially replaces like your, your cable receiver that you'd otherwise be having. So you spend a hundred bucks on this Android TV box and TELUS links your TELUS account to this box back to their service and then allows you to stream their content for, for 20 bucks a month. And it's being marketed as uh, a way to watch TV if you've quote unquote cut it the cord or whatever. Hmm. Even though this is in effect exactly the same as getting cable, like it's just a different device. Right. Um, and this doesn't have a DVR or anything like that. Hmm. Uh, it's called like the PIC, PIC TV, P-I-K. And it, it looks cool if you're going to be getting basic cable anyway. Right. Uh, or want a way to watch live TV without. And this, this is all no contract as well. So it's 20 bucks a hmm. month, but there's no there's no no term commitment kind of thing. And uh, I think you're required to have TELUS internet with it. But if you're already paying for internet, then this is an easy way to get get cable as well. If you're not wanting to to sign up for an actual cable 
cable subscription. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I was just, I was intrigued by the different kind of business model. And it's kind of along the same lines of the move toward releasing dedicated apps for this kind of thing. And this yeah. is like a, literally an Android TV app. So this could be theoretically loaded onto any other Android device. Like they're just, they're locking it to these boxes that yeah, you can only yeah. buy through Telus and they do some sort of like Mac address association with your, uh, with your account so that you're only watching it from that one end. Only the ones they've loaded onto are allowed. Like you can't, mm-hmm. you can't sideload this app onto any other device and use it kind of thing. Right. Mm. Um, but it's, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. What do you guys think as far as being able to, to do your kind of live stream TV content while not needing your, your typical cable subscription? I think it sounds like there were a bunch of people around a table and they said, Millennials aren't spending money on cable. How do we get money from them? Uh, what 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 do they like? What do millennials like? Uh, cell phones. Okay, okay, that's good. It's good. No bad ideas here. Um, cell phones. They like the iPhone. No, use Android. <laughs> we can't. We can't help out with with Apple. It's too expensive. Okay, okay. So they like Android. Can we get them to watch TV on a cell phone? Wait. <laughs> what if we got them to watch TV with Android? And someone got a bonus, and there was high fiving that went entirely right, <laughs> and. That's my read. I think this could potentially be a good thing. I would have to actually try it out. So I've I found myself we're we're in the season right now where live sporting events are marginally more important to me than they are the rest of the year. And like slightly above zero versus at exactly. zero. <laughs> and so I have found myself watching TV live for the first time in a long time. This is also particularly interesting because I had a um, friend of the show, Damien, ask me this morning, last night, I think it was very late last night, um, if I knew of any way to stream the Tonys because they are tonight. And I was like, I had thought about it and I was just like, I have not streamed anything. Like I've not streamed outside of stuff that's available through my cable subscription in well over a year. Like I don't, I hmm. haven't watched anything that's not Netflix, YouTube or through like my Bell app. And the the weird thing about this, like you, this, she said, this service itself is twenty dollars. Yeah, per and month. And then you can you can pick. F- you said five extra channels for twenty more dollars. No, or five, do you get is, five is included with five it. Five are included yeah. in that. Yeah. Okay, but so it, I don't know. If, I don't know which ones are included. I'm sure yeah. it's like Home and Garden and Food Network and all that kind of stuff. Does it get you? Does it come with basic cable built in already? Yeah. Like yeah. That so like twenty, the twenty three standard. Okay channels that you'd get with any other basic right. cable so this is along the same lines as the minimal 25 dollars per month offering that by right. law that yeah. everyone has to offer now so this is kind of like okay well you're gonna be paying 25 anyway minimum so you may as well do the 20 plus get the five bonus mm-hmm. and uh and have it all on this android box that you can obviously include any other android tv apps yeah. that you can get on the app store or even sideload it i'd imagine right and so you said you can they come with default channels, but you can pick other channels in groups. Like is it- I, I haven't looked that far into it. It said you pick five additional specialty yeah. channels. Yeah. Cause I'm intrigued. Cause it kind of seems like 
if it is the way I'm imagining that they should do it and the way I imagine they did do it, it kind of sounds like you remember my five plans or like fave five, five, no. fave 10 yep. cell phone plans. I, I wish it was like that, that like every month you could pick the five channels you wanted to watch. Right. Cause it doesn't happen that often that I want to watch something that isn't on one of like a few, a handful of channels. Right. But it does strike me as, and maybe it's just because I've had cable for the last, I guess it's almost three or four years now that I don't ever find a need to watch. I, like I don't watch a sh- like shows on TV. I watch things that are live. Like I don't watch pre-recorded mm. content on really? television. You don't, you, so you don't DVR a show and then just have a whole catalog just sitting and waiting for you to watch them. The well, only thing, yeah, Julia does quite a bit, but personally, the only thing that I've ever DVR'd, I think, well, I did, okay, it's like the BBC Sherlock. I did oh, mostly okay. just because I wanted to watch it relatively soon after it came out and I didn't want to wait for it to go to Netflix or whatever, wherever it would end up. But the only thing that I did was Saturday Night Live, but that's the kind of thing that it like, it, it's a live event. Yeah. You well, it's super late too. Well, yeah. I guess for you. Exa- it's, no, it's it's still super late. Yeah. But that's the only thing. I don't I don't watch any like YouTube itself alone has been mostly enough for all my stuff. The extra stuff that I watch like during the NHL and NBA playoffs, sometimes I'll watch something if I'm home and it happens to be on. But I don't I don't watch any broadcast TV shows. Like I've I even I subscribed to Netflix again for a trial month this from the end of May to end of June. And I've had it for about a week and a half now. I've only watched one thing. Like I just don't, episodic TV isn't mm. as interesting to me as as YouTube is these days. Right. And TELUS is never going to make money off of YouTube, at least no. as far as I can think. Like I don't see how they could. So I, they're never going to, or at least currently, they're not going to have anything that I'm interested in. Yeah, this is a, yeah, this is a good way for people to get live TV Again, without needing the cable subscription, 20 bucks a month still seems a little steep because you're still paying for a lot of stuff that you're not going to watch. Right. So. But that's every like, cable and, package ever. <laughs> right. And I, that's, that's what I'm saying. This isn't yeah. that much different than what you mm. can already do. Like you're saving money on needing a uh, the DVR or the receiver. Right. But I don't know how much are receivers these days. Even They're like usually without just rented. Like five sh- bucks a month. Right. Or you can buy it out, buy it outright. I don't think usually. I don't think it's usually the way it goes anymore. Well, so we did when we had bought cable a while ago, because over however many years you end up paying more in right. the lease than than if you bought it outright. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I I don't know how much a basic receiver is that's not uh, that doesn't have DVR in it. Like, it, I don't know how much more than a hundred bucks it is if it is mm-hmm. at all. So I don't like the aspect that they can't DVR stuff because that's the only way we watch tv right now is just episodes of stuff so it's kind of the opposite of what what you do right um so but i I thought it was an interesting approach to see if you can get people who'd otherwise not get on board with with cable if it was a like a similar device what they'd already be using that has netflix and any other android app on it and uh and there's no commitment no term contract kind of thing and you get your your basic Google plus five additional channels of of live TV if that's what you're you're looking to to consume, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah i I don't see myself signing up for anything like this, but that's mostly because like maybe something like this would work for Julia, 
but she also there's a few channels she watches but they're not the basic ones so if you can go and pick five channels that might actually work pretty well for her because right if she could just cherry pick a handful for twenty dollars a month, that would be a good deal compared to the cable package we pay for now. Just right. because that twenty dollars getting you like the local stations that have your news and whatever and sports CBC and whatever, and, yeah, yeah, that's probably good enough for most people. Yeah, and yeah, like I think I'd probably want like a Food Network type thing, a uh, Home and Garden type thing, and maybe like some Discovery Channel type channel. Mm-hmm. This, we're talking like 2000s era Discovery Channel, not modern Discovery Channel. Right. Though, I assume. Because <laughs> right. now it's like, yeah, reality TV and all that. Is it? Oh, I haven't. I've, I, it shows how long it's been since I've watched Discovery Channel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be, if I wanted cable, that might be a good option. Mm-hmm. Just because if I could get HBO, which has Last Week Tonight and Game of Thrones, and FX, which has Archer, yeah. pretty much. Well, and that's the thing. I don't know which. HBO would not be a part of this. And I'd imagine FX probably wouldn't be either. Yeah. I thought they had in like their little example that HBO was an option. I don't think it would fit in a bundle for $20 for five. No. You'd have something like Slice, like those types of channels or Mm -hmm. ABC. I don't actually know what Slice is. Maybe TLC. Nick, that's a good thing. Don't, you don't need to know what Slice is. (laughs) TLC sound, well, early aughts TLC would have been great yeah 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 exactly current tlc <laughs> it sounds like it's rather audacious that they call themselves the learning channel <laughs> i am learning i'm learning what the kardashians are up to the real oh, this actually does, lives of blah blah this actually does advertise hbo as an option yeah there was like premium options sure hmm. hbo canada though no yes. it shows game of thrones on the front well, I know, but it's, I think it's HBO Canada. Like, I see the little logo there on the bottom, and it's the HBO Canada logo. Oh, possibly. Uh, which is, I mean, not to say that doesn't have the, a lot of the same content, but I don't think it's the exact, it, I don't think it's the same way. Mm-hmm. But then I'm not super familiar with, with HBO, so the only thing I really know it for is Last Week Tonight and Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, Mike, it sounds like you're getting this. No. Because, like, it doesn't it doesn't have the it doesn't have the dvr like i honestly that would yeah that would break it like that's kind millennials! of millennials <laughs> millennials are ruining watching tv when it's on tv <laughs> yeah it it does seem like that's the most important that's the most crucial feature of any tv setup that will launch that young people actually want is the ability to watch something when you want to watch it as opposed yeah. to just when it's broadcasting I can't imagine, like, saying, oh, i got to finish dinner in 10 minutes so I can go watch my show. Like, it's yeah, absurd. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who does that? <laughs> I've seen so many think pieces on, or I've seen at least one think piece that says that's why millennials are the worst. <laughs> they sit down and marathon their, their TV shows because they have no patience. It's like, or <laughs> there's just no reason to do it the old way yeah. when current technology exists. Uh yeah oh well we'll uh we'll stop ruining things someday we'll become there'll be there'll be a new generation of people younger than millennials and no, start we'll, ruining stuff. we'll become the old people who yeah. are then ruining it for the young people yeah and the cycle of the circle of life will be complete <laughs> first we're the young people ruining it for the old people and then it's the other way around dad what do you mean i can't take my hollow lens out into the backyard my show's on <laughs> uh 
Last time you did that, you walked into a fence and broke it. <laughs> you guys have any interest in wrapping up talking about Pokemon? I put it in here. I think there's a lot to talk about. I want to kind of theorize what is happening do you, the, over the summer. Do you need to ask if I want to talk about Pokemon? Are we still at that point? And uh, You guys seem like... Well, your first response when I brought it up was, don't we already know everything? But I don't I don't think we necessarily know everything. Okay. Baseless speculation time. Let's go. No, not baseless, based. <laughs> Pointless speculation time. Let's go. Let's get jacked. Let's get hype. Did you see well, po- Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are coming out? I heard about that. I heard the about it, but I don't of actually Sun care. And Moon, like right after. And <laughs> Everyone's all like, ooh, why is this for the 3DS? And I'm like, honestly, I should just get a 3DS. Because the Switch seems, until they get get their things sorted out, I think the Switch seems pretty terrible at the moment. I've only heard very, very good things about it. Didn't it like, like games warp it. when it recharged or something like that? Like the battery gets hot and you can't put it in the dock anymore? Uh, I think I might be confusing or conflating a few stories at once there. I don't know. <laughs> I, I've only heard like people that really like what they have so far. Like they're interested to have more games, but that for what it is, they like it a lot. Hmm. Something so, about live multiplayer, like in a group, just sitting there with Nintendo devices. You can just local, like create an ad hoc network and play multiplayer. That seems pretty interesting. I, I'm not like, I don't play any handheld games. Like I never really have, but it seems interesting to me. Now, if I lived at Otto- in Ottawa... Yeah, I'd say we should buy them and then go play like Mario Kart at Schlag. Yeah, that would be my sole purpose for buying it. Yeah, <laughs> for the one time you do it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, we're, if we're talking Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. we're just prior to this latest event starting. Yeah, which Rob, I'll give you credit for putting stock <laughs> in that prediction no. or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> You guys Leak. were just wrong. I wasn't right in saying it was okay. You guys were just wrong in doubting it. Doubting what? What did I doubt? No, like the leak by that group. Yeah. Who said the that fire there was nice a event. fire nice fire nice event, and then it was ultimately confirmed. But Rob did put, imme- put Rob put immediate in stock in it. Yeah. He said that it's all, it's it's confirmed. Like. But they were like two for two before, weren't they? Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. That's why I believed them. But then they, they also, but they didn't predict other stuff. So it's like. If you're picking and choosing what you're predicting, you can't just not predict some things. I think you can. Hey, if someone reliably leaks that I'm going to be able to get a Chikorita or a Meganium, Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Another Razor Leaf Petal Blizzard (laughs) starter, but, (laughs) you know, I'll take it. Very good IVs. Yes. And it, it, it can hard counter ground because it doesn't have part poison typing. I'm not bitter. Well, you know, how did you say that? You know what I'm excited for is Slugma all over the place again. Ooh. And Swinubs. I hope it's Houndour. <laughs> I want Houndours all over the place. Apparently they inversely correlate with Swinub. So I don't know about you, but we're just crawling in Swinub. Yeah, same here. Yeah. I've only ever seen one Houndour. We'll have so many Mamoswines in Gen 4. <laughs> That's... I'm actually like I'm going through my Swinub now to try and see if I have any good IV ones, and the answer is no, I just no, don't. No. But um, I also only ever keep them if they know Powder Snow and Avalanche. Right. Um, 
Also, Edmonton is a little more of a fighting biome than Calgary hmm. was. Like, I've gotten a couple Machamp. So we've gotten more Machops lately oh. since you left. Well, that's good because of the rise of Tyranitar. Yeah. I'm also pending the gym rework. I'm sitting on 130,000 Stardust. Cause <laughs> yeah. I mean, once they hard reset the gyms and Blissey comes back to me, I still don't know if it's worth funneling the Stardust because yeah. I don't know what what yeah. the, what okay, the so rework's going to look like. What do you guys think is going to come with this initial rework rollout? I think that'll be raids was one thing. Did you see that Like they had code for notifying you that a raid is starting nearby yeah 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 but what does it even mean yeah i does... don't know <laughs> like even if it was just even if it was just taking down a gym mm -hmm. and requesting backup just yeah. saying like hey i'm nearby i would like my team support in taking this thing down yeah i would i would be so happy with that because yeah. it means you can coordinate without having to chat in advance yeah about it well, like you could just say, oh, I'm here right now. Is anyone else here right now? Where you, you can do that kind of, but. My favorite thing is that within the, I mean, I guess there are ways to, there, there's loopholes to all these things like caveats and all that, but it seems like if you have an in-game feature that it's like a team instinct walks up to a gym and says, I'm going to attack it and request backup, like, like what you described it's only going to go to other team instinct players. So unless you have somebody as like somebody that has multiple accounts, that's checking them all they're only people on your team are going to see that notification. So you're not going to get defenders on like hordes of defenders coming up because they've well, got the raid notification too. Do they, I can't remember. Do they have a notification that says your gym is under attack? Uh, I think that was one is of that them, in yeah. ingress. No, they, they release a whole bunch of different notifications in one of the developer, discord channels i think okay that there were a couple different uh types of notifications that you can get one was like oh you're that was a one where they leaked like your defender needs a berry or your right. defender is hungry yeah. and needs a berry and and one of them was i think oh your gym's under attack or your defender's under attack or whatever i wonder if you do you know if you have well no i was gonna say do you know if you have to actually go there or you can just like send a berry to your defender but uh, you probably have you to. You guys go there. don't know because I don't know because <laughs> none of us know. But for real though, um, I don't know if you guys heard. Like, have you played Ingress at all? Like, you do get you even get emails if your portals are under attack. Yeah, I well, I played Ingress. I actually, I took it off my phone because it's taking up precious yeah. space and yeah. old phone. But I uh, I got an email from them the other day. They offered me some some swag if I log in again. <laughs> <laughs> and so you did, of course. It's not on my phone, so no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but like they offered me a MUFG capsule and some good stuff they offered me. Wow. Not enough though. Clearly not. So just yeah. Glyph hacking. Ugh. <laughs> I'm very intrigued by gyms being needing to be disabled in order for these changes to take place. I'm just so curious why that would need to be a thing yeah it has the potential to be so different that like no we just gotta like kill everything yeah. you can't just go live with this mm -hmm. yeah i'd be okay if they killed everything what do you mean kill everything so it's like mike's just mike watched watched a, damn it mike watched fight club the other day <laughs> and he was just really intrigued by the ending 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the ending is. Um, <laughs> no, like if just the gym scene right now, it's stagnant. I, I have, yeah, it's only that is stagnant. It's just I've I've little to no motivation to to stay super hyped about it because like it like this time last year it was good like i was a part of one of the more organized groups in our communities and you'd go out you build up a gym and you'd sit in it and it was fun and whatever but it wasn't like being taken down by like spoofers and then yeah. bubbled up and then immediately added like 10 you know defenders by the same person like and there was no shaving yeah like so yeah between like multi-counting spoofing shaving like just logging into other people's accounts to add their defenders into the gym you just bubbled up like that's mm. that's not fun yeah and so like that that completely demotivates me to do any sort of organized taking down of gyms or whatever like i'll still i still i'm still involved in like the handful of gyms around me but i'm not going to go out of my way to, to actively participate in other types of gym activities because it's just just it's a product of its own incentives to be in as many gyms as possible. Yep. For as long as possible. Oh, hey guys, there's future chats going on live. <laughs> I wonder if I should watch it. <laughs> you probably should. I hear those guys are great. The The thing that I'm most intrigued about by this announcement, I think more than even like the, this Chicago Pokemon go fest, Chicago is the the sentence that we can look forward to the update focused on collaborative group gameplay features because that's kind of the the goal we wanted is not to have pokemon go be in isolation unless you're Mm -hmm. physically seeing someone in the real world like i want i want to be able to go with people like go on pokewalks with people and have actual things that we can do together right and i've seen a lot of sentiments about Hopefully this update doesn't disadvantage or discourage solo players mm-hmm. from playing, but it's like, you know, maybe that's not what the game's supposed to be. Right. right? And that's, and and I can, I'm, I'm okay with that. Cause I do have like an organized group of people that I play with. So I guess we, we'd be, we'd have that advantage, but I can, I can definitely empathize with, with people who do play solo. Cause there's times where I'm playing solo as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't want that yeah. to be, a a disadvantage as well yeah all all i really want is a way to be able to play this game and not need to go anywhere like to be able to do something to get something for playing while sitting in one spot what i really really want most of all is an end to the dodge glitch (laughs) dodge glitch in the death loop like yeah what's the same thing that is first and foremost among my desires i guess the dodge glitch and the death loop are two two different things it, yeah like the death loop like happens when the dodge glitch happens yeah, yeah yeah the the death loop being a product of the dodge glitch but you don't yeah. have to d- do the death loop no after a dodge glitch mm. yeah i yeah because like even just on my own going out and saying oh i could prestige up this gym and then i try and i'm like nope i can't prestige up this gym because yeah it's gonna take me like an hour to do it this way yeah yeah that happened to me when I, there's a gym of two Snorlax and I was adding my third and I was going to open up a fourth spot for someone to drop something in. Cause I didn't want to be a dick and have someone have to prestige against 2,900 Snorlax. It's <laughs> good of you. So there I am trying to open up a spot and sure enough, hyper beam comes and dodge glitches me and kills me and then death loops me. And then 
I switch to a different one and then the attacking isn't happening and then it keeps trying to switch back and then I timed out and then I rage quit that gym. <laughs> Are you also, do you also get it where you just like get the spinning wheel? Yeah. For like yeah. 30 and seconds the, of the a 90 timer's second count, battle? And, and the timer's counting down and the health isn't going down and the defender's not attacking and then it resets, starts attacking, you lose a bunch of HP and her timer doesn't reset. Yeah. And it's like, that's nice. <laughs> that, that, that was amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like my Machamp was totally on its way to defeating this Blissey. Yeah. Hmm. It's not going to now, but I, <laughs> screw me, I guess. But it's crazy because it resets health and HP, like health and energy, but doesn't yeah. reset the timer. It's like at least reset the timer. Yeah. That's like arguably the timer should be the most important thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... I am finding myself like since I started mostly biking to work that that was the time where I did on the bus ride was where I did most of my playing. I now get my daily bonuses and like if I'm if I open the game I'll catch whatever's around me but I don't do anything else. Oh man, I so because Kai and I <clears throat> sorry, don't actually see each other during the week right now. What we do is I'll go and have lunch with her a couple times a week. Mhm. I've switched from taking the LRT to taking the bus because you were right, <laughs> Rob. Those bus rides are magic. It yeah. counts most of the distance you travel and you just, you're spinning stops and you're catching things. And Whoa. Yeah. It's amazing. Buses, they also travel streets that are more likely to have actual stuff going on than LRT routes, I imagine. Right. Yeah. Well, LRT, nothing happens because yeah. there's... You're mostly There's no internet connectivity between the stops because in Edmonton, a lot of it's underground because it's right. not in a floodplain. <laughs> Calgary could take notes. Yeah. I mean, well, they're probably past the point of no return anyway. <laughs> um, there's no internet connectivity and no GPS activity. So I've tried playing and it's just like, yeah, no, yeah. dude, no. And then if you do get above ground, as soon as you're above ground, you're going too fast and it locks you out. Yeah. There's no playing on the LRT. Yeah. I There's some there's some things that I think that they could really take a look at. Like I know a lot of people complain with Pokemon Go and with Ingress as well that they play all the time, but where they play a lot, there's not necessarily things to do. Like whether it's if if I if there's something going on at my house all the time, like if people have have said, why don't you just add the ability to have a Pokestop that follows you around? Like, what would that harm? That a Pokestop that follows you around? Like, Man, your home, like, like a home stop. Having like wherever you are. at a home stop, it's incredible. Like, it's an entirely different game. I would yeah. never have bought an additional... I would never have bought additional storage space so, because I wouldn't have needed it. Rob, you're suggesting that you don't have to go to specific places to get more items? No, you, you just get more, but... Every five minutes, you could get, if you played, you could get three items. That that's seems crazy. Kind of crazy. Yeah, that's crazy, Rob. I'm not, I'm not sure that it is because that, in, if you live in a city, if you live in an urban core, there's like a 50% chance that's your life. And but so it's, it, all it does is disadvantage people who don't have that. What they need, and this would disadvantage urban players, but your stop uh, output of items should be proportional to the amount of stops around yeah, it. Yeah, that right? that would be, I yeah. think, fine. Right, so right now it's like solution. three to four items per stop. Yeah. It should be like 
I don't know, 30 to 40 items per stop. If there's 10, if there's 10 times less stops around. Yeah. If there's 10 times less. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Like if you're in man. So interesting note, Torrington, which has like maybe a couple hundred people, maybe it has two gyms and like a few stops. It has almost the same number as Kirkland Lake does. And Kirkland Lake has around 5,000 people and three gyms. Hmm. Crazy. If only yeah. there were more Ingress players in Kirkland yeah. Lake. Like, even in our community, there's three or four stops, maybe six, in a community of 20,000 people or however many it is. Oops. And, but downtown, you have like hundreds of stops Yeah, yeah. for the same size, like the same area. But if someone isn't able to be downtown, if they're only limited to those six stops, like how are they ever going to get enough items to participate in any sort of hunting or right. or gyms, right? Like right. they have to f- they have to drive back and forth across community like twenty times to fill up their bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can we wrap up by talking about this an actual live Pokemon Go event? I feel like in similar to what I was saying before, as opposed to Niantic setting precedent like setting priority for certain cities like new york and san francisco are two of the biggest cities in the world but they are also this some of the spots with like the greatest density like all the big cities i mean they're not actually that big especially compared to some population i mean yeah no especially compared to some pop or uh, some cities in the middle east I don't mean I, I don't mean the biggest like by population objectively in the world. I mean like for their like population density and size for that area. I, I realize there are cities like Tokyo, for instance, is like this giant metropolis that is All just right. sprawling. City by population density. Let's see. Manila, Pateros, Mumbai, Dhaka. Yeah. Kalukan. That's I, that, that, Benai Brak. I mean compared to the surrounding area. <laughs> Like everywhere in China and India are very population dense. In the countries that matter, Nick. That's no, what I'm not saying. Manila is in the Philippines, <laughs> Rob. So, what do you mean? The Philippines has a lot of people in it. It does. They really like rice, and also Catholicism. <laughs> I hope you understand what I mean. I like Ottawa. I genuinely don't. Ottawa is never ever going to get a live Pokemon Go event if it's just Niantic true. planning that. So if, no, if you, it's not if you, true. Like, if you look on the Ingress site, they have a listing of past events mm-hmm. and they'll have cities that host the primary events and then they have other cities that have like remote, I think they call them remote events or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So Calgary hosted one, like mm-hmm. a remote one where they had like Niantic reps and leads and whatever like in Calgary. But it was in conjunction with the quote unquote main events that were hosted wherever else in your New Yorks and San Francisco's of the world, right? Right. So Ottawa could conceivably have one, even if it's not the headliner main event, though it'd be in conjunction with another city's event. But so let's say legendaries come to this Chicago event. Would every city that wanted, like that expressed interest, also have a similar event with the same things going on? Like why even have it be Chicago then? I think it has something to do with scoring, but I'm not a, I'm scoring not entirely how? sure. No, because the Ingress events are usually com- uh, competitive. Yeah. Okay. So they, they add up the score of the two main teams for whatever it is they're supposed to be doing. Okay. 
And do you get like if you win, do you is your do you get personal XP or something for winning? That's I don't actually know what personal XP is, but like theoretically it's supposed to influence the storyline of Ingress, and the main joke is that it doesn't like exactly right. the same things could conceivably happen. It's like choose your own adventure where your choices don't actually make a difference. Right. Like whose line is it anyway? <laughs> the points don't matter. All the points matter in Ingress because you can create new stops yeah, for yeah, new yeah. portals. I uh, I just hope that we, you're not going to be forced to travel to a different city or country in order to actually participate in an event. Because I know none of us are going to go to Chicago for this. But if that means that we miss out on something really cool and massive, then that would kind yeah. of be disappointing. I was I'm so worried that we're going to have some huge event like a legendary is going to be spotted at like six o'clock. So everyone's going to be off work except for me. <laughs> and I'm just not going to hear about it. No, that's when you, that's when you pull the family emergency card. Yeah. You only have so many of those to use. I've got a family emergency. Kai is at the Pokemon go <laughs> event and she's hurt herself. <laughs> I come back like Nick, how did it go yesterday? Great, I got zapped. I mean, <laughs> great. Kaya was much better. <laughs> By the way, we are all picking Zapdos, right? We'd have to. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if... It's our team. There's this uh, this survey on, on Sylph the other day asking about, like, what legendary people would pick. And, like, 50% of people were going to pick Zapdos if they could only hmm. pick one. Which is, like, for really? me, when I picked Instinct... It's like, well, this probably has some bearing on which legendary bird you get. That was, that was part of it. I like, totally would have gone Mystic that way, though. If with what? Oh, if you if you'd known you could still get Zapdos. I Articuno was my favorite legendary bird. Really? I really liked Articuno and Zapdos, but Moltres. I think it has to do with picking Bulbasaur, but I never trusted <laughs> fire types. I just like, no, no, you stay off in your own little spot yeah. there yeah i think yeah. it's more just fire types have such a crippling weakness to water obviously mm -hmm. and there's just so many strong water types as counters i i'm not sure i agree with that i mean they're like at least more Gyarados. they're at least more plentiful yeah yeah it, like the the meta for the first two generations especially when pokemon go first came out was just bulky water types were going yeah. to be the yeah the be all and end all which is why Bulbasaur is still the thinking man's choice. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I don't know. Like I, I finally got an Arcanine with Fire Fang and Fire Blast. And I'm still super stoked about it because Flareon just goes down so easy. Mm -hmm. And now the steel types like Scizor is showing up in gyms and got to have a fire type for that. Anyway, what I'm getting at is Articuno. I totally would have gone Articuno because and the other thing was like Dragonite was so huge. Mm -hmm. Would have gone with the ice type legendary bird. The one thing I do like about Zapdos is, is he the only one who's not doubly weak to rock? Because I feel like ice yeah. flying and fire flying are doubly weak to rock. So yeah. the rock throw stone edge golem, it's just getting maxed out. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's already maxed out. <laughs> <clears throat> if only, if only my perfect golem, didn't know Earthquake. Oh, well. Mm. Or rock, rock Parfait, as I call him. <laughs> so I feel like most of that is out of my system now. 
And now I can just get hyped about the Fire Nice event or the Solstice event, as they are calling it. Which doesn't make any sense for fire and ice, but... Yeah, so no, winter. Because yeah. it's... This is actually one thing they've done well, because for a long time, like, the Southern Hemisphere was complaining. It's like, you're basing everything on the Northern Hemisphere. Hmm. <laughs> it's hot here. I can't go outside. I guess so. I guess that's fair. That's true. And, like, yeah, um... Well- it's not their fault that 75% or whatever the population lives in the Northern Hemisphere. Well, I mean, also in fairness, like if you live in a lot of places near the, well, getting closer to the equator, it summertime is too hot to go outside. You can only mm. go outside in the winter. Yeah. Well, on the equator, it doesn't matter, but to, I know I'm what sorry. you mean. Yeah. No, <laughs> but like, well, on the equator, they have the hot season and, or the dry season and the wet season and the dry season is really hot and oppressive as i understand it mm-hmm. anywho is there an opportunity for mike and i to do an after show if rob has to leave yeah of course i i have to head out but i will i will leave this i will stop the broadcast but i'll leave uh let you guys finish the show and i'll I say to that. our to our viewer and our listeners thanks for uh, listening to this week's episode of Future Chat, you can head to unwindmedia.com slash Future Chat for past episodes of the show and much more. And we'll see you next week. Toodaloo. Ciao. I like your shirt, Rob. I just saw it. Thanks. I got to go wash it again for Canada Day. I should say so. I can smell it from here. <laughs> I'm actually thinking when I come to Ontario and visit my mom, I should probably see if I could get my Team Canada jersey. Definitely. Yep. That's my choice for Canada Day. Even if it's too hot, like you just, you gotta. It's Mm -hmm. just, yeah. Makes sense. I agree. All right. I'll let you guys keep Pokemoning it up. Thank you. All right. Bye, guys. See ya. Now, Mike, I want to talk about Zapdos. (laughs) Why Zapdos? Because it's the best one. Why objectively (laughs) Zapdos? Because it does, A, it doesn't have the double weakness and it's, the most powerful one okay so i mean if it doesn't have the double weakness it is object pro well probably the best defender like in the pokemon go meta mm-hmm. and because the battle system is so different <laughs> but like was it is it something to do with the move set is it because it I, had well, a really good speed stat or f- for is one, it purely I a, an emotional choice for one it's i say it's mostly emotional because that was the legendary that i picked Okay. And I used and I used my master ball on it, which everyone <laughs> yelled at me for. You. They're like, "Why would you use a master?" I was like, "I don't know." I really I wanted it. Well, because I did like the trick of uh, of uh, you know you like do the attempt and then it breaks out and runs away. Then you just shut off your game and then turn it back on and it's still there. Like you you save when you get there. Yeah. Right, and then you can just have as many chances of catching it as you can. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just I, I wanted it. it. Kept breaking out, so I was like, well. I was like, what else are going to use the this Master thing Ball I can on? Do. Yeah. Like, what else? What, what, would, what would you use the Master Ball on? Mewtwo? <laughs> I would use it on the most powerful uh, Pokemon in the entire game, Mike. <laughs> That's what I would use it on. I don't even I don't even remember encountering Mewtwo, honestly. At what point do you encounter Mewtwo in the game? I think it's game? after the Elite Four. Okay. I was playing Leaf Green on an emulator, so I would know this, except the file just corrupted in the middle of it. 
which was a shame because I just put in like an hour of playtime going down this like one heavy water road. So, man, it was great. Uh, it wasn't Sprouts McGee. It was just named Venusaur, but Venusaur was out front and it's a different game. So Razorleaf was actually worth something. So just was Razorleafing through all the swimmers and all the hikers. <laughs> and then my save file corrupted and oh, no. there was just there was nothing to do after that. And so you couldn't back it up or anything? Again. No, I mean, it was an online emulator, so it was oh. not the most reliable system. But right. Although, that said, I, I did enjoy playing Fire Red Leaf Green because it had some, like, it had abilities which I wasn't familiar with. And that's the other thing I hope they implement is status, status effects. Man, and status effects abilities. and immunities. Immunities yeah. were so key. I remember. The first time I saw, I think it was a Raichu or something like that in a gym. And I was stoked because I was like, oh man, I have this super weak Sandshrew. But Sandshrew is uh, Sandshrew is immune to electric attacks. So I'll just go and take this gym down real quick. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Oh, because, like in, in Go, right. Yeah. yeah, in Go. And so I went to take it down. I was like, why is my Sandshrew dying? This is, <laughs> what what is happening? And looked it up later was very disappointed right or like the other thing is like attacks like earthquake don't affect levitating pokemon mm. so like magnemite would be immune which would be super useful for magnemite right but yeah there's so much there's so much stuff that makes pokemon an actual chess match not an actual chess right. match but more of a chess match more strategic yeah and, and it comes back to i don't know how much of a restriction Pokemon the company has placed on Niantic for implementing a lot of these different features of the game. Like it's it's like the Pokemon intended this game to be like a gateway to the handhelds, I imagine, right? I could see that, and that's basically what right? it's become for me. Like Yeah. Well, in in an online emulator sense, which isn't what they really wanted, but <laughs> No, like I'm well if I didn't have I mean, A, if I wasn't moving, and if I didn't have other things that I needed to upgrade before I got a handheld, like a computer yeah. and a cell phone, like if I didn't have those concerns, then I probably would have gotten a handheld already. Okay. With those, is there much like online interaction nowadays? Or is there, so, so say like if we both got handhelds with different games, like, because uh, now like Sun and Moon is bigger than uh, Pokemon Go. The what? Sorry, say that again. Sun and Moon, the latest right. games. Yeah, they're bigger than Pokemon Go. No, I know, but it like the the good thing about Pokemon Go, and I guess is there is an interperson interactability in the game yet, but like I still feel that we're playing together yeah. like, between the three of us. So would it be? I guess would it be a similar experience with the handhelds? Um, I feel like, like they, it wouldn't be as much. They have a global trading system. And also Wonder Trades, which is interesting. Like Wonder Trades, you just trade away whatever and whatever comes back. Oh, okay. I think I've heard of that before. And there's also like, I mean, you can trade with the entire globe rather than needing to have a cable. Right. So you just say, oh, hey, I want this for that and comes back. That's, that is one thing I don't like about the handhelds is having to trade to get certain pokemon or having you know having limits on like in the first generation being able to do only one evolution mm -hmm. i found that needlessly restrictive 
Oh, even if you have more than one Eevee, you can't do any more? Well, because you only got one Eevee in the first game. You can't know. catch them? I don't think so. In the first game? Uh, I, I, don't, I honestly don't know. Like, it's been so long. And I could I be didn't... wrong. But I feel like, oh, and like you can only get Ammonite or Kabuto, and you can only get Hitmonchan right. or Hitmonlee. Right. Also, the other thing that Trainer Tips has mentioned, I the one... One thing I do really like about the handhelds is that every Pokemon has a purpose, whereas mm. in Pokemon Go, a lot of them are just useless. Venusaur's purpose was to use Leech Seed and stall out the opponent. <laughs> it's funny. I uh, I started playing, or not started playing. I tried out uh, Age of Empires the other day, downloaded it for Steam. Oh, yeah. And played it, and I was like, like it was very like Marie and I have started playing like board games, like tabletop games. So Age of Empires is essentially like a tabletop game. Yeah. As far as like resource management, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like starting to think, I'm like, okay, so like these different workers that you can assign to build certain things, they all have like costs, right? Like time costs, resource costs, yeah. whatever, right? So then I started like trying to like min max my my game strategy. <laughs> yeah. And it was like like you could. Mm-hmm. and like it was it was actually pretty interesting there's but there's so many moving parts to it that it'd be hard to try to yeah to it but that's how you win those types of games is knowing like the most efficient way i think to like build your army up to a certain power and then i think civilization would be better for okay. what you're thinking of just because right. it's turn-based rather than real-time strategy oh is it oh yeah. okay and the other thing i will recommend is age of mythology especially with the expansion that was like I loved Age of Mythology. Hmm. It was stellar. Would always play the Norse. <laughs> no, like you see why? Because they work like in a really different way. Like they don't, they're villagers, the equivalent of their villagers. Yeah. They only gather resources. Whereas, oh. yeah. And with, um, instead of having permanent buildings, they have ox carts, which serve as the resource drop off. And their infantry are the builders. Hmm. So it's really different. So when you're not fighting, you can have them build stuff. Yeah, or like what I would do, I never played on any particularly large difficulty, but um, if there was, my favorite thing to do was play this one map where there's like a pass through the mountains. I would have my my military go up there, build a few barracks and like some watchtowers or something that shoots arrows. And then just sit there and intercept all the raiding parties that come through. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And then I would win by attrition usually. <laughs> As are most wars. Yeah. It's, it's how it works. It was great. I absolutely adored it. <laughs> but, uh, but both handheld Pokemon, is there similar fulfillment of the game? Like between that and <clears throat> like something like Pokemon Go where you're... Well, what's the, the end game in Pokemon Go? Yeah, no, exactly. Well, what's the end game in the handheld? I guess travel through layers and you beat the gyms. You beat the you beat the Elite Four. I mean, in Sun and Moon, apparently it's different because they have challenges instead of instead of gym leaders. Hmm. Like their big thing was they wanted it to be different enough that a new person could just pick up the game and be fine with it. Like it sounds like I would rather play XY because they had so many different generations in that mm. game but i mean the end game for that would be to catch them all i guess complete that pokedex 
what the 700 pokemon pokedex or whatever yeah i've looked up some of the stuff too like to to get a munchlax i think you have to like breed a snarlax but there's specific things that it has to be holding and doing just crazy so are those types of things discoverable just from playing the game or would you need to look at online resources i don't know how you would figure it out just on your own yeah granted i'm not a hardcore gamer but i would definitely just get the prima strategy guide except not (laughs) just look it up online yeah so in summation there's no real reason for zapdos it's just yeah we can but we can both agree that moltres is the worst oh moltres is certainly the worst (laughs) fire types who needs them exactly who needs them the did i tell you like my rationale for picking instinct other than the fact that you two were both instinct i don't recall i know that us being on it was i mean it's it's completely it doesn't actually matter which team you choose especially at the time when the metagame wasn't so well defined Mm -hmm. but i liked that uh what's his guy I like that Spark was, he, he placed emphasis on respecting the instinct of the Pokemon. Right. It's just not like, if we study them, we can make that, we can figure it out and then we can make them evolve. It's like, no, no, just let them be. They'll figure it out in their own time. <laughs> That's, that was, that was my rationale. Also, I wasn't picking Valor because seemed like a bunch of jerks. Yeah. I think, yeah, Mystic seemed too like took itself too seriously a little bit i think yeah but so yeah instinct it was and instinct it remains or will it dun 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 yes it will it'll definitely remain instinct or will it dun 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 (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) would would you change teams if you could no i like instinct yeah i do too I, i also like being the underdog yeah. Plus, I, I mean, pending a gym rework, which totally destroys this, we're moving close to McEwen University, which is an absolute instinct stronghold. So right. if I could sneak into those gyms, it'd be awfully convenient. <laughs> well, it's, it's nice, actually. Like in our, in my community, in the adjacent community, they're fairly heavy instinct presence. So mm. it works out. That is nice. But not so much for it to be stagnant. But enough for it to have, you know, a couple couple days to a week of a gym standing and then it gets torn down and then you can build it back up kind of thing, right? Okay. Like, you, you never like the ones that stand for like six months or whatever. It's like, it's not that fun. Yeah. Although the reliable coins are nice. I miss my Pokemon, though. That's like, true. Come home. I And it's silly, too, right? Because if the defender is out, the defender is doing its job. Like, <laughs> that's why you have the defender at the level you do. But like Blissey's out. I'm like, man, I got got all this chancy candy to feed it. <laughs> Been saving my stardust and just not coming home. But even if I if I'm not waiting to level them up, it's still like <laughs> <laughs> It's like they've been gone for so long. Where'd you go? I miss you so. Seems like it's been forever since you've been gone. <laughs> That is my song to you, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I, I think I, I told you the time that I I actually lost my executor. You lost an executor. It's like, I don't, where is it? It's like, man, I just I don't know where it went. 
There was, after we went to Jasper, I, I started to lose track of where I'd left specifically po- <laughs> specific Pokemon. It's like, I'd see a gym around town and be like, oh man, my Snorlax would go great in there. Right. Too bad I don't know where he is. He's just <laughs> off in the mountains somewhere. I was reading this one thread and like a guy said that he went on vacation somewhere and dropped a Pokemon in and came back and he'd forgotten that he like left one there. He thought all his Pokemon had come back. He's like, where is this guy? And then he came back to holiday like the next year and saw it in one of the gyms. He's like, there he is. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great year. Yeah. Like it was funny though that like you don't even think that it'd be left there and then all of a sudden yeah. you see it there. What's really silly is um like Mrs. Doubtfire has been in Millet so long that I actually forget to claim coins some days. Right. I'm just like, yeah, I haven't been playing. Oh, right. <laughs> Still there. Yeah. Jeez. I liked having, uh, when we were in Banff, there's a gym up on top of the uh, the weather station. I think it was a Sulphur Mountain weather station. There's some like historical weather station type thing near Is Banff. There? Yeah. And there's a gym up at the top there. So I left my... My Nato Queen there. It came back like the next day, but I don't know. It was pretty cool. active. Yeah, it was it was cool having like a Pokemon in like at the top of a mountain. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. And that's where I wish like AR was a thing where you could like look out up on top of the mountain and see a Pokemon gym up there. Oh yeah. Like just kinda like towering. That'd be cool. Actually, what would be really good? Did you ever play Ingress? Because I know Rob no. did. I'm no. Ingress has an Intel map. So you can like go online and it is laggy it is so laggy because there's so much information that comes through but it would be really nice if you could scope out i mean at least legitimately scope out pokestops and gyms that's what gym hunter is basically well yeah but like not all gyms are on gym hunter right wait the scan and then they'll yeah it's also not real time but right because like i know it just, I tried using it for Torrington to scope it out and it just did not realize that anything was there. There was oh, also, really? there was, I think the one that I, that got left in, in the mountains for like a month or so, it was near, I'm trying to remember where exactly we left it, but, um, that gym didn't show up on Jim Hunter. And so I purposefully didn't like tried not to scan for it. Cause I was like, wait. Oh, maybe right, just yeah. nobody realizes it's right. there, and so no like spoofers or whatever right. are showing up and taking it. Right. Yeah. Oh, this game has so much potential. I hope it can live up to its potential. Me too. And I also really like that. I mean, I have Golem and Gengar and Machamp for the first time in my life, and that's nice. That is a nice part of Pokemon Go. Why couldn't you get Machamp before? They didn't trade Machamp. with people. Oh, that's the only way to get it. I th- it's Trade Machoke. I think it is. I know Gengar and... Uh, Alakazam? Alakazam, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Alakazam. I didn't know about Machamp. I just... I liked playing on my own. And so... Right. I mean, I I never got into playing with other people. So the idea when you're doing that is you meet up with people and then you trade and then trade back? Uh, get... Not necessarily, although... Like, that's what I would have done, but... Right. Because if you trade them... I know some friends of mine, they both got... 3ds's when x and y came out and one of them played x the other played y and the guy who was i mean it was calgary and he's an engineer so he played a lot of pokemon and she was going to school and working so she didn't so he just like they did some trading and trading back but he just like gave her a gengar 
or rather he traded to her a haunter, which evolved into Gengar. Mm-hmm. But she said, because traded Pokemon level up faster, she said it was, yeah, they level get up faster. They get extra XP oh. when they're traded. Hmm. Said it leveled up so quickly that she never actually was able to control it. Because mm. every time she used it in a battle, right. it would level up enough that it would start disobeying her again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Like I'd, I think I'd find that irksome if I was playing. Well, you just have to keep but, it on the sidelines a bit more. Yeah. Or just, I don't know. I Yeah, I don't know. The way I game, I don't game socially unless it's Pokemon Go. And even then, not very much. Mm-hmm. And so I like being able to play solo and complete things solo. But right. silly Pokemon <laughs> main, main <laughs> games. Why can't they let me be a hermit? All right, I think I think I'm done. Do you have anything no. else you wanted to add? No, I'm I'm just I'm waiting for next week, two weeks, I guess, till the the gym rework, and we'll see what happens. I guess so much excitement. It is. Silphro's gonna go crazy once that happens. It's gonna crash again, just like with the Mewtwo okay. battle. Yeah, actually, it, I think it, it probably crashed more with the uh, when the move boost has got updated, like the CP rebalancing and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. I still really wish I'd taken a screenshot of Sprouts when he had the undisputed best move set for like two days. (laughs) Oh, well. Yeah. Now, uh, sorry, I have one more question for you and then we can wrap it up. If you could take your starter, starter, Tortuga Fatale, Mm -hmm. and like re-roll moves if it had some like, I don't know, overheat or future sight equivalent that was introduced to water moves like a better hydro pump yeah like maybe surf comes out and it's just outrageous would you re-roll the move or would you respect the instinct of your <laughs> of your pokemon i think i probably keep it just because people say oh it's just a worse for vaporeon and it's like it's not <laughs> it's, 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 it's so much more yeah I, I like, I don't know, water and hydro pump is good. I'm I'm okay with it. And like, right. it's hydro pump. You can't have Blastoise without hydro pump. That's like, it's true. literally got two pumps on his back. Yeah. Or cannons or whatever yeah. you want to call them, right? No, that's that's completely, completely valid. Now, Venusaur, on the other hand, it learns Petal Blizzard, and that becomes pretty important in the later generation games, apparently, because if you battle multiple opponents mm. pedal blizzard hits all of them it rather than just one of them mm. but what's venusaur without solar beam honestly what's venusaur without leech seed but <laughs> what should should i re-roll what do you think i think you is it vine whip yeah it's vine whip right that you have razor leaf really oh yeah yeah i'd, I'd probably roll <laughs> yeah vine whip solar beam is unquestionably the best offense razor leaf sludge bomb is currently the unquestioned best defense i have neither of those (laughs) (laughs) at the time it was the only move set that was ranked as acceptable for both offense and defense but Mm -hmm. it hits fast and that's nice but especially after the rebalance it's no solar beam like when it was like i don't know 90 or 100 or when it was when it was two bar, it was stellar. Like I'd absolutely take it when it was two bar. Yeah. 
But now that it's one bar and just kind of a faster but worse version of Solar Beam, I unless there's like multiple opponents I can take out, I don't right. know. Maybe I'll just keep evolving. <laughs> <laughs> I it, I caught a uh, I think it was a CDD Squirtle and it's like level twenty eight. Ooh. So I was like, it's tempting, but I think a wait till new moves, and or just keep. Tortuga as a one true Blastoise. Yeah. Aside from the wild ones I've caught. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think that's it's same thing, valid. It's that the same said, thing with Shocky. Like, like I don't want to keep evolving Jolteons for different movesets. It's like, but it's not Shocky. I want to, I want to keep keep my Shocky. I was okay roll rolling for like Hydro Pump Vape, but yeah, because I didn't care as much about Vape. Well, I, I did the same thing for my Jolteon. And it's never going to be a defender, so it doesn't matter. Right. But like I've I've invested so much in it, and I don't actually care that much about its move set. It's like, yeah, it's fine. With Machamp, I'd really like to keep evolving until like, well, I'm going to max out the counter close combat one because obviously. Mm-hmm. I also have a bullet punch, dynamic punch one, which I'm iffy on what I'll do with, but I would love to get a counter dynamic punch one. Yeah. Although they re-roll so often, it, why do I even bother? Yeah. <laughs> I just max out my Gengars and be happy with what I have. 